What I would do, I would say, what is your budget? Yeah. Before I go out here and embarrass myself. Yeah. I can send you a Bentley when you're looking for a Pinto. <laughs> this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. So I am super excited to announce greetings, greetings, greetings that we have Mr. Greetings. Eric Majette with us today. Um, Eric is, yeah. <laughs> Eric is a phenomenal networker. Give me a minute, y'all. I promise. Y'all can get back to talking. I promise. We'll have like a half hour at the end for networking. Promise. <laughs> Eric, phenomenal networker. I think half the people in this room I met through Eric, would you say? <laughs> um, just has a way with meeting and, and, and strategically connecting with individuals. Um, so we want to have him come out and really talk about what networking means. I think it's a word that scares a lot of people. I've heard it said people really hate the term networking in general, shaking hands, it feels phony, disingenuous. He knows how to do it in a way that's supernatural. So, wow, supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eric's been a guest on our show. So, if you um, listen to podcasts, you can actually pull up the um, the content there with Mr. Majetta. It was one of our best shows um, to date. So, we're super glad to welcome him to the Networking Brunch and Learn platform. Thank you for being here, sir. Good morning. Um, when I first came into the room, I saw people talking to each other, right? Everybody was introducing themselves, and it was awesome. Um, but I'm Eric Majette, as Blair said. I'm so proud of Bill. Let's give it up for Blair, y'all. I remember when I first met Blair, she told me about her vision, what God was doing with her and her dream, and, and to see it come to pass is really powerful, amen? Um, one of the things I want to share with you is a little bit about myself, but it's not about me. It's about you this morning, okay? Um, I spent 35 years um, as an executive for Xerox Corporation, uh, sales training, marketing, running sales teams um, from D.C. to the Carolinas, and little did I know that years later that I was going to be in front of people like yourself, talking to them about networking, sales and marketing, consulting, that's my background, at a high level, very high level. Uh, I've been fortunate and blessed to put together multi-million dollar contracts and sales deals for major corporations across the country. But this morning, I want to talk to you about something that I teach, something I believe in, something that I live every single day, every moment when I get up. And networking is not an adventure. Networking is a lifestyle. Y'all catch this. I'm going to throw some nuggets at you. And I've learned that over the years of training and development and having my own company and doing so many great things in the marketplace that I am the brand. You are the brand. Did you know that? Or what you represent, right? So networking that works, I've taught this at Centura College, I've been to Norfolk State, I've presented a lot of different organizations. Networking that works. All right. How many people need networking that works? How many people try to just go to the networking event that don't work? 
Uh, there's a lot of things out there you can attend, right? But I'm very strategic and I'm very intentional before I go to a networking event. I make sure that I have an intention or what I, I, outcome that I want before I even go in. All right. So networking networks and building strategic relationships. Right. You know, you can network, but you want to build a strategic relationship. Right. So a strategic relationship means this relationship go beyond us just doing business. This relationship means that you have a percentage. I have a percentage of your mind share. And you have a percentage of my mind share. Let me explain mind share. Mind share means that when you are out talking to people and they have a critical need and I have one to two percent of your mind share, you can refer me. Right? So relationships need to be strategic. Um, who are you? The first thing. Who are you? Why should I do business with you? Who are you? What is your personal brand, not your business brand? Okay? There's a difference between a business brand and a personal brand. You can have a business brand, a good business brand, but a bad personal brand. Right? That personal contact, right? That personal one-on-one relationship. What do you do? Do you know what you do? When I was working for Xerox, um, we went through the best sales training in the world uh, in Leesburg, Virginia. We was required every year to do 40 hours of training and development. And we were taught that somebody look at you, they size you up in six seconds or less. Did you know that? So when you walk into a person and tell them what you, what you do, in six seconds, they don't make a decision about you. Six seconds, that's pretty quick. Well, then they won't have further conversation with you, right? And then as you get deep into the conversation, either that switch is going to turn on with them or it's going to turn off with them. Depends on how you present yourself. What is your personal value proposition, right? What is it about you that you're going to bring to the table that's got value, all right? Outside of just your product, outside of just your organization, outside of just your company and what you do. Why do you do what you do? Most people don't know why they do what they do. They do it because they say, I'm making more money. That's not the reason to do why you do what you do. Money come, money go. It's called currency. It flows. Right? You do what you do because that's what you're passionate about doing. And people can tell when you are passionate about what you do. Right? Because something that's in you is something that actually comes easy. It's not something you try to figure out. So what did you do? Well, you studied it all over the place. Turn them off. Your elevation pitch should be tight to the point where they feel like if they don't do business with you, they lost something. When I walk into a place, when I leave, they're going to dream about me. They're going to think about me. They're going to call me because they feel like if they don't do business with me or don't do something with me or don't connect with me, they're going to miss an opportunity. What is the perception in the marketplace about you? What do people think about you? In the marketplace, right? The marketplace is where we're at today. I mean, this, this, this morning, right? What do people think about you in the marketplace? 
When they look at you and your name come up, what are they saying? What do success means to you? We're going to get a little bit deeper in a few minutes. What do success means to you? Everybody have their own level of success, right? Success to me is doing life with another individual and being creative and coming up with creative ideas to benefit each other, not just to benefit me, to benefit the other. The first thing that I do when I walk up to somebody, after I talk to them, I say, how can I help you? You know why I do that? Because people are looking for help. Not how can you help me? Because now I put it back on you. Because now you're going to open up when I say, how can I help you? You can start telling me all this stuff that I need to know. Right? You're going to open up to me personally. Right? I'm going to get to know you. So I'm trying to help you and you're trying to help me. But initially, when you introduce yourself to someone, it's not about you. It's about how can you help them? Can you be trusted to deliver on your commitments? And this is a tough one. Because most of us in this room are visionaries, right? My daughter just told me um, the other day, I'm not a visionary, I'm a creative. I was like, what did that mean? <laughs> we had to drive back from Nebraska. She worked for ABC News at 24 years old, and she's getting new to L.A. And she said, Dad, you're a creative. I was like, well, she's got all these creative ideas. Every time I turn around, you got an idea. I said, if I'm a creative, you're a creative on steroids. It cost me a lot of money. But <laughs> slow down a little bit. Um, so can you be trusted to deliver on your commitment? Now, this is what I've learned. And this comes from hard knocks, okay? We, we create our organizations. We say we can do all these things. We a laundry list, right? I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. Until somebody asks you to do one of these work, what am I doing? Or you don't have the infrastructure to make it happen. Right? Or you don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to make it happen. So what I've learned is that when you in business, do what you do and do it good. Right? Do what you do and you do it good. And then you add things into your organization as you grow and develop, right? Because every organization have its bumps in the road. Um, what is networking? Somebody asked me, what is networking? Somebody tell me, what's networking? Who know? You here? You came to network. What is networking? Making a friend? Meeting new people? Building relationships? Communication? Expanding? Connections? Let me tell you what it is. Networking is a deliberate, catch this now, an intentional activity to build, reinforce, maintain reciprocal relationships of trust with other people you like. You gotta like them, right? You definitely gotta what? Respect them, right? You admire and you what? And you trust. Because if I come to you and I'm networking with you and I'm telling you about my business, I wouldn't be able to trust you, right? To know that you have my best interest, right? At heart. There's a professional networking and a difference between professional networking and social networking. Social networking, you normally not making a whole bunch of money. Okay? Socializing. That's great. How many times, how many emails you get about a networking event going on somewhere? 
all day, every day, right? So you have to be strategic into what networking events you're going to attend. Now, I say initially, I'm very intentional. If I'm doing professional networking, the network is focused on my professional goals. Professional goals, right? What are you trying to accomplish as a professional? Social networking focuses on personal goals that can enhance a person's quality of life. It could be your job, networking, right? To get that promotion with your boss, right? It could be uh, family, right? Um, education, right? And other things. The key to network is finding the connect points between you and the other individual. And this is where most people fail at trying to be good networkers. They don't find the connect point. I found a connect point as soon as he walked in today. Didn't we? He said two words to me and I connected. He said, you know Bishop Abelf? I said, yeah, he's a friend of mine. Just out of conversation. Then I found out that he, his dad was a bishop. Then I found out he was a police officer. Then I found out that he had a company that he sold. Then I found out that he is a financial advisor all in less than three minutes. So what happened? We connected. And we exchanged cards and then we're going to set up a time before we leave. You see how that connection took place? But I never asked him for anything. Right? He started feeding me his information. Did he want to know about me? And I told him very little. Because <laughs> I want him to be intrigued. You see, I'm pulling him into a conversation for later, right? This was the connect point. So find out the connect points between you and that other individual that will ultimately build a long-term win-win relationship, right? You got to have a win-win relationship when you're networking. It means that I just can't win and you lose. That's not a good relationship, right? It's like a marriage. Anybody been married before? Or still married? <laughs> or thinking about getting unmarried? <laughs> All three in here, right? All three categories, right? The, the men be like, now nah, that won't win for me. It was a win for her. The women always going to win, brother. We got to have a little bit of... <laughs> Y'all stop it. <laughs> Win-win relationship. It means that I win, you win. You win, I win. Right? That's a healthy relationship, right? But if you lose and I win, that's not a healthy relationship. Or if you win and I lose, that's not a healthy relationship, right? So we want to create and establish win-win relationships and opportunities. What is not networking? Somebody tell me. What's not networking? Don't look at my slide yet. <laughs> Attending, not connected. Sitting in the corner. What's not networking? I like that one. That's a good one. What else? Social media stalking, that's a good one. You, you just read my slide a little bit. Let me tell you something. I don't give my business card to everybody. And the reason why I don't is because I've, collected, I've seen more business cards in the trash can or left at a table than you paying for. <laughs> right? 
So you don't give your card to everybody just to be giving them the card. Before you give the card, they should know who you are. And where's that connect point at? Then you give them the card. Right? Because with networking, it's definitely not collecting business cards. Okay? Networking is, 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 is to be frank with you, we get the social media stuff going on, right? They say LinkedIn is a great way to connect. It is a wonderful way to connect, but it's not a social connection. It's not a personal connection. It's a social media connection, right? But until I see you in person, right, it makes a difference. Use the platforms that you have, the LinkedIn, the Facebook, the IG, and all those other stuff. And God knows Facebook is not a networking tool. Because everybody on Facebook ain't your friend. You do know that, right? Some of y'all got 5,000 friends, right? You don't have 5,000 friends. Right? You probably got two out of 5,000 if it's really your friend. Right? And it's becoming more of a social platform where people take pictures of eating fried chicken and... Right? Am I right? Where they at, right? But Alan they on, right? The dog running around the yard, right? That's not having your business with the dog running around the yard. So this is what I've decided. That only focus on the with them. What's with them? Don't look at my slide. <laughs> Networking is not, right? Only focus on the with them. What's in it for me? Now check this out. Everybody wants something, right? Right? You want to be able to get something out of what you're doing, right? Till you wouldn't be doing it. And I tell people all the time, there's two categories. Either what you do is a hobby that don't make no money, or it's a business that do make money. And a lot of people have hobbies. And some of you all, you know, I tell one, I remember that um, some years ago when I first stepped out on my own, my wife said, um, you became a non-profit yourself. You're a walking non-profit. Where the money? You are five, you got five on one C3 all over your head and your bank account reflecting it. <laughs> and I thought about it. I said, she have the nerve? As hard as I'm working? She said, you don't been a hundred events. Not one deal. <laughs> I thought about it. I like what I do. I like helping people, right? And then when you have a hobby, it's a hobby. It's not a business. Now, you can turn it into a business when your mindset shifts. Did y'all catch that? You got to be passionate about what you do, but you, you can turn it into a business when your mindset set shift. When my mindset shift from, hey, just hanging out with the fellas and giving them all my leads, right? And they go into the bank and I won't. I said, I need to create a business. So now when they came, the first one came to me and said, you know what, can you help me? I said, yeah, this is what it's going to cost you. Oh, guess check, check this out. Before, when you networking, before there was no value in it when I was doing. And people like things of value, don't you? Right? Right now, if somebody said, hey, I'm going to give you something, you want to know what's behind it. Nothing is free, they say, right? I'm going to give you something. So you want to know what the value is. And we've learned that the value creates even a greater opportunity. When I was working for Xerox, um, we were one of the greatest companies in America. Our products were extremely expensive, million dollars. So I'm walking into an office 
right? I gonna do my little networking stuff. I got a million dollar deal I'm trying to sell, and the offshore competitor, the Japanese, was coming there to get the same product for a hundred thousand dollars. I'm asking you for a million. How do you sell that? But nobody never lost their job making a Xerox decision. So the value proposition was high. Did you get that? We were trained to teach people that you could be home with your family versus trying to unjam a copy of three or four o'clock in the afternoon to get a report out. So we would show them productivity times between our million dollar piece of equipment and the life shift of our equipment was 20, you couldn't kill the machine. Impossible. So you're gonna buy, check this out, you're gonna buy five or six of that Canon, that Japanese, that Minolta, what it is, in a life, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a three year, because they don't design the last three years, in a three to five year lifetime, lifespan, you don't spend more money than we asked you to. So, but you gotta have that relationship. I can't ask you for a million dollars if I don't have a relationship with you, right? Then you wanna know why should I spend a million dollars with you? Why should I accept your proposal? But guess what? By that time, we done built the relationship. We know what we stepping in. When you have a relationship so strong, and I always tell my stories in the midst of me doing this, I used to cover government solutions for Xerox. On it, you know, government year end, it was September 30th? Year end, right? They gotta do what? Their money, spend it or what? Lose it, right? And I didn't want them to lose it. I'm gonna spend it with me. I would never forget this. When I was covering Fort Eustis for Xerox, on the 31st, I always got a phone call and said, you need to be in my office and purchase it. I sat at the purchasing desk and wrote myself contracts. <laughs> Hear me out. They would sit me in the office, competitive bid, sole source it out, and said, we ain't got time. You sit here and you read all these 30 contracts out and they got to be done before midnight. But I had the relationship. They didn't call the competitor. They called me every year on the 30th, like Christmas. <laughs> like Christmas, right? So my point in saying that is, networking is not a handshake in a meeting. That's not networking. You gotta connect, right? But it's not a handshake in a meeting. There must be an agreement between the two parties to continue to support each other, right? An agreement, we have an agreement. We have a covenant relationship. What about covenant relationships, right? A covenant means that it's a contract, right? Regardless of we get upset each other, we don't break that covenant. When you fall short, I got you. When I fall short, you got me. That's how these companies are building. And that's how you see all these Googles and the, 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 all these new technology companies are coming together because they are working, they're bringing their resources together. They say right now that the average age of the new technology companies is below 28 years old. I just saw a thing where a young guy, a seventh grader, y'all may not know this, blew me out the water, started the business, seventh grader, seventh grader. He was the one that, that created the technology to diagnose prostate cancer. Did y'all see that? Seventh grade. 
Never went to college. Okay? The prostate screening equipment, he invented that. Then there's a kid in Virginia Beach right now that play with toys all day long, making $10 million a year. Excuse me. That's been all on CNN. 10 years old. His job is to play with toys all day and rate them. We went somewhere wrong, didn't we? My point is that somebody had to connect him. There was a connect point between the tour companies and Mattel and all them, right? There was a value that they saw in that, right? So we have to understand that networking is not just a, a handshake in a meeting. There must be an agreement between two parties to continue to support one another. Attending receptions, events, in hope of making a few tentative connections. Now, it's good to go to events. It good, it's good to go to receptions. But you be intentional. You have to be intentional before you go. Right? I scan the room. I look. I'm intentional. Right? I don't ask for anything. I go in. I build that first relationship. Right? That first perception. Right? It could be something as simple as this. When I go to somebody's office now, I look at the wall. Why don't I look at the wall? Because the wall tells everything. Now, you know they did. If they got a golf picture of them swinging the golf club, I know they like golf. If they got their grandkids in the background, I know they're a family. If they got their yacht all over the place, I know they got money. <laughs> I look at the wall. I look around and see, and guess what my conversation is? Oh, Man, I like that yacht. I like that boat. Is it docked in Virginia Beach or is it in Florida? Where? They start talking. And they start talking because they get excited about themselves. Right? Then we start talking about family. Then we start talking about different other things. Okay? And my other thing that I do for a living, I'm a consultant and executive for the American Red Cross. Never saw it coming. I'm going to tell you what happened. True story. Minding my own business, I became off of being a personal nonprofit, making a little bit of money. You know, I said, you know what? I said, anything that I do now has got to be on assignment. I'm not looking for a job. I don't do jobs. Y'all, I don't do jobs. I do assignments. Because a job is hard to do and keep. Y'all got me up here going to go to another lane. I ain't trying to go there. Have it, bro. <laughs> we got to tell that part. Lord, the Holy Spirit dealing with me up here. Do you talk about business or me? I don't know. Y'all got me all messed up now. Whoop, sweating. Fighting it. Help me, Blair. I need you in that amen corner. Keep me in straight. I don't do jobs. I said, anything that I do has got to be to align in a, it's got to be in alignment with my assignment and my purpose. Y'all didn't catch that. If it's in alignment with my assignment, in alignment with my purpose, I can do it and continue to carry out the vision that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a spiritual man. I love the Lord. But I didn't tell you a whole bunch of stuff, but we're going to talk a little bit, okay? I ain't going there. <laughs> but if it's in alignment and assignment, that means that I'm called to do it. So, man of my own business, 
I was headed to Bishop Jake's, Pastor Jake's, uh, he's my pastor, um, conference. I was speaking at the, uh, let me speak at the conference. And I stopped in Norfolk, true story. And I went into this guy, he was a district manager, never knew him, never knew me. We started talking, he knew some people I knew, I knew some people that he knew. And he said, hey, there's an opportunity. I said, opportunity for what? He said, uh, you ever thought about connecting with a non-profit? I said, yeah, I probably was with myself for a long time. He said, no, 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 no. He said, we got something I think that would be a great fit for you. He knew my dynamics. He knew I'm a Sandman guy. He knew that I was a consultant for myself. He knew all that. So he said, we take your name and number. True story. I am at the IPNL, International Pastor Leaders Conference in Dallas. I'm in the middle of the worship service at 10 a.m. on that Thursday with my hands up in the air and my cell phone vibrate. And normally in worship, you should be looking at your cell phone. But it kept vibrating. So I looked at it and it said, American Red Cross. I stepped out. Lady said, can you talk? I said, yes, I can talk. She said, this guy turned your number in, your name in. I'm just listening. And I'm trying to hear from God at the same time, too, right? I'm listening. And he said, guess what? She said, uh, I know you in Dallas. He said, there's a lot of music in there, breakfast. I said, they're in praise and worship. <laughs> I'm trying to get back into what I just do. I'm trying to get back into what I do. I'm trying to get back into praise and worship. And then all of a sudden said, no, listen first. So I listen. I listen. And then it's two hours on the phone. I'm going to help you story. She said, I want the senior vice president from West Coast to talk to you. Can you talk? I said, I'm here till Friday, Saturday. So at 7 o'clock every morning, I got up to speak to a senior vice president. Then we did our Skype thing. Catch this. On that Friday evening, on my way back before I left Dallas, they called me and said, look, we never met anyone that had the dynamics that you had, and we need someone like you to on this team. Asked me what did I need to make, go home on the weekend and think about it. So over the weekend, I thought about what number I was going to give them. Now, you got to hear this story. Never interviewed, never asked for it. But my purpose, and guess what happened, y'all? I had no clue. A year later, I was flying back to Dallas, Texas, to put together a deal with Bishop T.D. Jakes National Organization and American Red Cross. No idea. Sitting in the corporate office. The connect point. Right? I connected with Bishop and his team. They connected with the American Red Cross. Right? We in the corporate office, working together, connecting together, resourcing together. But my point is, that was an assignment. Right? It wasn't me just networking. It was more about building what? A strategic relationship. So, what is networking? Oh, I'm, I be with you already, right? I mean, I mean, here we go. I mean, hanging out. What is not? Okay, what is networking? Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is my diagram. Now, all this stuff that you got to remember is coming out of me. Okay? I didn't copy this from nobody. This is 32 years of doing this. Unproductive networking connect points. This is what most people are like. She has broken. This is you right here. 
away from the network. This is person A, person B, and person C. They are connected. You see how the chain is broken? The connection is broken? What we want to do, like this room right here, all of you all should be connected. Right? Not just today. When you leave here, you should know something about each other, enough about each other to be able to connect with each other, right? And take it to that next step. Let me show you this other diagram I put together. Network and circle of influence. Now, if you don't have influence in your organization, you're in trouble. Remember I said it first? You are what? You're the brand. Influence. The most influence on your life is your family. Did you know that? They say 54% of the influence, the influence you is your family. What type of church you like to go to? What type of music you like to listen to? Even what kind, of, what kind of clothes you like to wear? What kind of food you like to eat? I was born and raised in Franklin, Virginia. You might know about Franklin, Virginia, the big city. Y'all know about Franklin. Y'all know how to Franklin, Virginia. You're right. Now catch this. Now catch this. This is going to blow your mind. I was raised in Franklin, Virginia. Little old country boy. Raised riding motorcycle, dirt bikes, building houses, killing chickens, cutting their heads off. I ain't that old either, so don't go there. Um, hog killing December every year. Everybody ate the good, though. Right? Collard greens, farming. And I went there, I said to my mom and dad, I said, you know what? They tried to make me a future farmer of America. Anybody know about that? Anybody heard of FFA? The, 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 the blue jacket with the gold uh, badge. So they put me in Future Farmers of America. All right? Go to Richmond, Virginia. And we would go to the state fair. My, my assignment was to learn the name of all the different types of cows. All the hogs. How many stomachs the cow have. What each stomach do. And come back, right, with that information and use it on the farm. And I said to myself at that time, if I ever <laughs> grow up and get out of front, I ain't never going back. And they brought me to Norfolk State, and I could see my hands at night, but they had street lights. <laughs> Y'all think it's a joke. It's true. In Franklin, it get dark where I live in the country, ain't no street lights. You hear, the, you hear the crickets, you hear the chickens, you hear everything, but what you supposed to hear? And I told my dad and my mom, I said, you drop me off on this campus with all these girls, and I can see my hands. This is the place where I need to be. And that's what happened. But the reason why I'm telling you this is for, it's for a reason. Back then, I knew my assignment at the age of 9, 10, 11 years old because I started a business. I started a business in the eighth grade. We were the DJs for the junior high school. We were the DJs for the high school. Then we bought vans and when we came to Norfolk State, we were the DJs for all of Norfolk State, all the colleges, with two vans on the highway, all in the club, I don't have a good or bad, in the clubs, but we had a business. So we were connecting 
in college and getting state money for doing events on the college campuses. Taking that and moving it fast forward. So the connect part, remember I said earlier, is what? A lifestyle, right? Your family have a lot of influence on you. Next, they say, is what? Your career. Do you know you spend more time on your job than you do at home? Anybody like me? And then when they sent us virtually home, we spent more time, even more so. Right? Because they got more hours out of you. Right? Social life, they say, is uh, what? Uh, about 8%. Your social life. Influencing you, right? Impacting you, right? Then they say 77% is others. So your family, your career, what you do, and your social life has the greatest impact on you. And this is your networking circle of influence. Because catch this, if you can get other people to speak on your behalf, right, then you got more influence. Because you what? You expanded yourself. Right? Seven networking connect points. Remember I talked about the connect points. Number one, I like this guy right here. When I first saw Ron, Ron Shaw, right? What was your position in the military? They told me outside the president. What was it? What was your position in the military? Chief Staff to Secretary of Defense. Powerful. Got his own consulting business. We had lunch downtown, didn't we? Right? So the connect point, I'm interested in and I respect this person. You have an interest in them, right? You respect them, right? For what they do, who they are, maybe just a person. Maybe not even just be the business part of it. I can learn something from them. When people tell me, you know everything, I said, no, I don't. No, I don't know everything. Because I tell y'all know everything, you can tell me nothing. I want to continue to learn, right? I want to continue to grow, right? That's why I listen to the millennial. I listen to my daughter now. Because my daughter, she's a millennial. And she's like, know a bunch of stuff. But she told me about creative. I want to know what that means. Right? When she told me about this other stuff, this social media stuff, she was in a, she produced a show for ABC. She did analytics. She knows Google analytics. She knows Facebook analytics. She knows how to get your numbers up. Not just asking for a lot on a page. She knows how to get them up. Right? Um, I think they can help me. Right? I think you can help me. We can help each other. And then I want to help them. That's powerful, isn't it? You help me, I help you. Right? You help me, I help you. So when I come and people see me now, it ain't all about me. I become that trusted advisor. So they say, Eric, I'm looking for maybe a doctor. They looking for a new doctor. And I connect them to a doctor that I'm familiar with. Or they may need a consultant, I connect them to Ron. Or they may need something. And I say, you need to go over there and talk to that person right there. Okay? And then I trust them. Right? I believe I can bring what? Value to them, right? Now, y'all black in here. In our community, trust is hard sometimes. Y'all, we keep it real, can't do that. Right? Because we have a history, right, of not wanting to be trusting or trust or be to trust others. Uh, I believe I can bring value to them. Let me tell you what I've learned. Um, when people come together and they trust each other, anything is possible. I trust you to do your assignment, you do your part, I do my part, and all the parts come together, and then you become whole, right? 
But when jealousy set, I don't know why I'm saying this, when jealousy set in and when other things set in, it breaks that circle of what? Trust, right? It breaks that circle of trust. I've learned now, we got this thing called the truth teller that I'm a part of. And when people, the truth teller model is this, is that if somebody come to me and they start talking about you, I say, do he know you're talking about him? And they say, no. I said, well, let's get him on the phone so we can, y'all can talk. Now, I'm going to say this again. It's called a truth teller model. If somebody come to me and say, hey, do you know, I said, do she know? Maybe she needs to know. Let's get her on the phone right now. It kills it. And that kills the spirit of an organization to keep that Rumors out. I'm gonna tell you something too. The culture, and this is for somebody, the culture of your organization that you start with and you live with, the culture you gotta live with. Whatever you accept in your organization, what you have to live with. Did you know that? And it's hard sometimes to change culture. And we do things and we let people get away with things for certain reasons. It could be finances, it could be their influence, it could be a lot of different things. But whatever you allow in your organization to continue to happen is what you got to live with. And that was for somebody. All right. I believe I can bring invite to them. Networking opportunities, right? Media. That's a lot of opportunities, right? Media. Government. This is a big military town, right? Government contracts, right? Then catch this. A lot of people say they want to do business with the government. I used to be a content manager for the government for Xerox. Also, a lot of people say they want to do business with the government, but they don't know how to go get contracts. They don't even know where to start, right? So if you're interested in doing government contracts and getting involved with the government, you got to go to some of these seminars that they're holding that's free, right? Learn the business, see what GSA schedules that you need to be on to get your product and services on. Education, schools and universities, colleges and universities, right? Right? I go to homecoming. I'm a, I'm a Spartan. Anybody a Spartan here? Uh, behold, green and gold. That's right. Right. I know you. And we go to homecoming and we have fun, right? We let our hair down, right? I know I do. Sometimes too far down. <laughs> right? But guess what? Every time I go to homecoming, I got somebody up there in that box with me. What box are you talking about, Eric? Either the president's box, I'm on the board for the office of athletics now. I got somebody of influence with me that I can bring value to the university. Because that's, that's what they told that's, that's what board members do. Our job is to get the people in that have never been to the university to help financial support athletics. So I got somebody with me. I make a phone call. Hey, never been on the campus before. Come roll with me. Right? And they get to meet other people, right? Church. Now don't go to church and start trying to do business inside the church doing the service. Tell me what the Lord told you to do it. He can tell you to do that. He told you to listen to the sermon. Do the after service. <laughs> some people, some people believe it. Some people are like, the Lord don't want me taking my business cards in the church. I don't know what you they ain't in the Bible. I know the Bible very well. I ain't know about business cards in the Bible, not taking the church. Okay? But don't they that shouldn't be your 
Don't let it be your motivation to join the church because they got a lot of people. <laughs> I'm going to join this 30,000 member church because they got a lot of people. I can network them Sunday. No. The name is Spirit of the Lord. It's your spirit. But church, you have no idea. I'm in all the churches all over the country. All of them. Most of them. Black churches, white churches, Chinese churches, the nun church. And guess what? I've learned this. They are looking for opportunities. And this is another thing, another connect point. My new book is coming out. It's called The Unconventional Pulpit. I am a minister also. You probably can tell a little bit. I'm trying to hold back on it. I'm doing my best. I have organizations and corporations, okay, that comes to me every single day almost saying we want to do business with the organization. A church. Right? So your business could be tied to opportunities. The new move right now, everybody knows, out of the box stuff, right? All this stuff, right? That's my ministry, out of the box, isn't it? That's my ministry, right? Out of the, out of the box. Come out of the box. The move now is this, where churches are looking for people like yourself to come in and share information so their so members can get outside the four walls and become successful in their endeavors, right? Right? Because they stuck within the four walls. You just can't get it there. You got to go out. So if you're a realtor, any realtors in here? You know I know. As a matter of fact, she's the most patient woman in the world because she's helping me with my book. And she's been helping me in how many years? Two years. But it's been on her projector for five. Okay, we're finishing it up now. Um, so what I'm saying to you is this. Connect points, right? Churches are buying land. I use a real example, right? People in that buying houses. I got a call yesterday. I'm going to show you on to it. I got a call yesterday from a pastor, right? From Charlotte, North Carolina. Little her name. Just took over St. Mark. He said, look, we got this new facility we just renovated. I need somebody to put together my 501c3. Who I called yesterday? Raise your hand. Who I called? Then he said, but outside of that, we want somebody to come in and teach financial literacy. I met him today. Didn't we? He didn't even know I'm going to get him a lead today before I leave. Because the pastor got my mind share. So I'm, I'm scanning the room for opportunities for him. Right? Then he can go and do a real estate workshop. Because basically, matter of fact, he would do a first-time home buyers workshop. I got her right here. So three people right here since yesterday. So when I connect him, guess what's going to happen? He's automatically doing what we now? He done connected me in so many areas, right? So, arts and entertainment, we all in that world, aren't we? Y'all go to all these concerts, don't you? Right? You love the arts, you love the entertainment, right? Wonderful opportunity to network, right? You can meet so many people when you connect, right, at these events, right? Um, family, right? It's your family. Your family know what you do? No. They know what you really do. I ain't talking about your husband, your wife, because they know they probably see the checkbook. I'm talking about those family members that say, look, I need something. Call such and such such. Call my cousin. Call my brother. Call my whatever. Right? Family. Right? 
<clears throat> the shotgun question. I call it the shotgun question. One question, how can I help you? And then they say, whatever, whatever you're gonna say, do you have a response? And does your response mean the need? Right? Your response that do what? It's got to meet a need, right? So I always go to people first. I say, initially, how can I help you? And they'll start talking. But do I have anything that can meet a need? Now catch this. When they give you a response, you got to be able to respond back. Right? So what happens? How can I help you? And you say, well, I don't know. Tell me a little bit more about you. You see what just happened? You want them to do what? And networking, you them open up, right? So now tell me a little bit about you. Oh, tell me a little bit about the need. Have you tried this? And you may not be able to help them, but catch this. You may not be able to help them, but you may know somebody else that can help them. But they're still helping them. Did y'all get that? You can't well, I ain't got that for them. I'm done. I ain't got no, I, I can't help them out. But you're still helping them. Right? So they're going to remember you, right? They're going to say, you know what? It was John Joe who referred you. Right? Then you got to make sure that the person that you're referring them to is credible. See, y'all don't really get started. Because they're going to come back and say, guess what? That dude you sitting over there, he was a mess. (laughs) Now, how can I help you? Networking is not a moment. It's what? A lifestyle. All right. Let's say it again. Network is what? It's a what? A lifestyle. So it means you give it the morning. That's your what? Lifestyle. Right? I just went to the car dealership. You know how they act, right? And I uh, bought a new car. I walked in. Hey, Mr. Majette. I said, that's about going to be off his face real soon. He said, what you looking for? I said, I'm not, I don't even know. I said, I'm just here. He said, um, we got this, we got that, we got this. And a new sales, he was a new sales rep, I could tell. I've been in sales 30 years, so I could tell. He asked me not one question. He was talking about the features and benefits. But he didn't get a chance to even connect with me first. Look, he didn't connect. He started talking about, oh, the new BMW got this, the Mercedes got that, and this is the difference, and we got all this. He was only concerned by himself. He said, you want to test drive it? I said, no. I went up the street and bought a Mercedes. But guess why he lost that deal? I always own BMW. I ain't not bragging. I always own BMWs. Always have. And the Mercedes dealer was so sharp. Yeah. Then when I walked up there, the boy was clean, so they he got passed by six seconds. He was very professional. He didn't tell me about no needs. He didn't tell me about no features. He started asking me my needs. How big is your family? How often you travel? Are you a sports car guy? Are you a family car guy? What do you do? What kind of work you do? Right? How many people you know I'm ride in your car? He was, he was talking about my, he was qualifying me. 
Then he said, I may not even have something that can fit you. And then this one, this, this throw you off. And she, I'm going to tell you, he was intentional when he did that. When we, when I was working for Xerox, it would blow people out of time. We go and do what I just told you. We'll say to Ian, this, not be the, this, not, this may not be the best solution for you. I may not have one. And guess what happened then? They kept calling and calling and calling and calling. I put it back on them, right? So the dude was real cool, right? And then I ended up finding myself doing business with this guy. It was because of the way that he approached me. It was the relationship, right? It was me trusting him. And then not only that, when I bought, before I even, when I, when I started to say yes to the car, he took me through the whole car, all this technology, I don't even need to have that stuff. Okay? I don't need all that. I needed to start, drive, and go forward, and go backwards, and get me ready to get to. But guess what? But he took the time, whether I was going to use it or not, right, to make me feel comfortable. Every time I go get oil change, he right there, right? If there's a need, he what? Right there. If I call him, he call me back, right? I don't refer five people to this guy in three months. Can you imagine the kind of money he just made just because of that one relationship that he built with me? And I send everybody to him, right? Friends of mine, hey, where'd you get it from? Go see him, go see him, go see him, go see him, go see him. So... What is borrowed credibility? Don't look. <laughs> Don't look. You can't look. What is borrowed credibility? That's a simple way of, huh? Somebody else vouch for you. Right? It's even a step further. Come on, y'all. Huh? It's a step further. Yeah, what else? Come on. Borrowed credibility. <laughs> That's a good one. Nick, catch this. That's a good one. Borrowed credibility when someone in your network uses their sphere of influence, right, to introduce you or connect with someone who they has already gained the other person trust and earned credibility. I do it every single day, right? All my friends, executive friends, we have borrowed credibility, right? We'll say, hey, we'll call each other, hey, what relationship you need? I said, look, man, I'm trying to get in XYZ place. He said, I got it. He make the phone call in advance, right? Then he sent the email, the combined email. Now, I'm in there talking to that person based upon his credibility because they don't know me yet, right? So I'm there on Ron's credibility, right? That's called borrowed credibility, right? That's networking. Borrowed credibility means that I don't know them you know them, you connect me to them, but guess guess what we do also? They're not just connected to me, I'm connected to them. A good friend of mine, announcement gonna be made on Monday. Text me Thursday, good friend of mine. He's gonna be the senior vice president of the sports commission here, as well as running all the stuff for sports here and all this other stuff. He texts me and said, look, I, I, it's gonna be in the paper on Monday, gonna be announced on the news on Monday. This new guy, I can't, I can't spit the name out there yet. But him and I, we have bought credit with each other. All this stuff that he do at the executive level, I call him, he called me, I call him. We own the boats together, right? I don't have a boat, but I own a boat. Guess why I own a boat? Call my friends got boats. 
Only about one four. Right? Why don't I buy a boat? I'm on your boat. You tell me I use it anytime I want to. So I use it. I ain't got no boating fees. I ain't got no docking fees. I ain't got... <laughs> to the point now, they get upset when I'm calling them about the boat. <laughs> Some of them is a way to get away from their wife, but that's another story. <laughs> Y'all stop it. It's funny part about it because, you know, I like jazz. And um, so every jazz festival, we take the boat down to the jazz festival. He called me and said, man, I, I tell people, man, our boat will be at the jazz festival. Come on down. Our boat will be there. I don't own a dime in that boat. Right? Come down to our boat. And he'd be like, yeah, that's our boat. <laughs> Get him on the boat, my Jack. Get him on our boat. I said, boy, this you bad. You awesome. <laughs> owns 120 properties. He just bought half a starting point. Virginia Beach. He financed it with his own money on the bank. And no intentions of selling any of them. Millions. Come from borrowed credibility. And see, you may be starting your business small now. I'm not even maybe big or small. I tell his story every time I speak. We went in office state together. We hung out together. I went corporate, everybody went corporate. He said he would get into real estate. We thought it was a joke. Why you go to school for a year, you don't need a degree to get in real estate, take real estate exam and keep moving. I remember graduating from North State, living in Chicago, coming home for homecoming. Back then, we was crazy. Well, we drive a homecoming for a weekend. By the time we get, trying to go back. <laughs> You see three hours of the game, and you gotta get back on the road. Why would we crazy? Driving all the way from Chicago to Norfolk State to see a homecoming game. And we jumped. And I will never forget, we came from homecoming. And uh, I'm a capital, ain't no other fraternity that. Uh, I know you, I, I know, I know. And that's my buddy over there, though. We all good. And uh, he never wanted to pay his cap. I don't know why, I think he was scared. I tried my best to get him to play, but he wouldn't do it. He went, I don't need to play it. I got the money. Y'all broke. <laughs> and I said, you right. <laughs> so we're going to hang with you. We're, and we're going to blend you in. You just can't wear the cap or pen. Because <laughs> he was paying for everything. <laughs> I'm for real. <laughs> you know, in college, you know, I don't know if y'all things get tight in college. Uh, so anyway, I will never forget. He said, come to my house. I'm thinking we go into this big house because he in real estate. It was a little old apartment on Little Creek Road. When I walked up steps, I said, I know this boy ain't living like this. This is crazy. He got a college degree, don't make no sense. We tried to talk him, go in the military, do something. He said, I can't work for nobody. I said, why you go to college for? Because my parents made me go. I can't work for nobody. Little apartment, Little Creek Road, corner Little Creek, and uh, was um, Military Highway. We in there. I said, man, we gotta really pray. I wanna pray. I wanna pray and do this. But I knew prayer work. Guess what? Now, every time he see us, he didn't I tell y'all to go to real estate? The boy got a Lamborghini. The boy got a house the size of the size of this building. Got a house in Miami, 120 properties. Wife travel all over the world. 
worked two hours a week. When he told me, he took me back there, showed me Stony Point where the new townhouses are. He said, Majad, I paid for this myself out of my own pocket. No bank finance. What do you need a bank for? I am the bank. But my point in telling you this was, he knew, he knew how to connect, right? He connected with the right people, okay? That taught him something that he didn't even know, right? Taught him things that he didn't even know. So it's when, and now what him and I do, use another example, we share resources. We share connections, right? If I'm doing something and I got an opportunity, you know, to share with him, I share it with him. He doing something, he share it with me. So that's bought credibility. What's the benefit? Anybody can tell me real quick? We're almost done. Anybody can tell me real quick? Girl, that's power. That word, access. Do you know I would rather access the money? Y'all didn't, y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't be like, you crazy. Come you access, you get the money. You have access to your banker. You get the bank. Right? I'd rather have access than have money because access can do more than money can do. Because I, if, if you open up the door of opportunity for me and give me the access and let me walk in it, now I'm doing more than just borrowing money from the bank. Now I have a relationship with the bank. So when I have a need, guess what happened? Because of access, the bank take care of my need. Because at the end of the day, you want your need to be taken care of. We're all living for a need to be taken care of. I ain't started. I'm trying not to. We all are looking for a need to be taken care of. Anybody? We all looking for a need to be taken care of, whatever that need may be, right? So if you have access, what else? Uh, bar, the benefit of bar credibility. Y'all come on now, y'all entrepreneurs. Gatekeeper, get rid of the gatekeeper. Boy, who said that? I knew you had it in you. <laughs> you awesome. That's a powerful one. Cause guess what? You have so many gatekeepers trying to keep you from going in, right? For whatever reason it may be. Now, I'm, I'm, I've been on both sides of this fence. I've been where well, I had the gatekeepers. So look, don't let nobody, unless send it to me, I ain't here, I'm right there. <laughs> true, true story. You know what I mean? I, I don't feel like talking about it today. I got stuff to do. Gatekeeper, gatekeeper, gatekeeper. But the gatekeeper, if once you get through that gatekeeper and that person gets to connect with you, right, and get through that gatekeeper, now you have that personal relationship, he'll remove, that person will remove that gatekeeper from you. See, Virginia Beach, man, and I, good friends, call me up sometimes 6 in the morning. I don't go through no gatekeeper. Okay? Because guess what? What's the other thing? It increases your what? Spill of influence. Right? We talked about that. It connects you directly to the individual which you desire to be a what? That relationship. Now, how many emails you send don't get a response? <laughs> now, let's let, 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 let do this for me. I know we got, I know, how much time I got, but I got five minutes? No. I know, okay. Let me say this to you. Why are you not getting a response from your email? That's one. Well, what well, other reason? Hmm? So, guess what we used to do? 
When I personally respond to my email, you know what I do? I send them a letter, FedEx Express. See, y'all up. Y'all, this, I'm giving you stuff that's free today. You know, I'm giving you stuff that, I'm, I'm giving you some free stuff today now. Next time, it's going to cost you. When I don't get a response from a high-level person, the next thing I do, I go to FedEx, I type my letter up, and I go to FedEx Express overnight. They're going to open it. Yep. <laughs> Listen to me again. When you are, I'm going to say this one more time. When you are trying to get to a high-level individual and the gatekeeper keep on... See, the gatekeeper got to open up the express mail. They'll open up the regular letters. If they have the permission to. I send it FedEx Express overnight. And it works every single time. For I know I'm getting a response. Or Mr. Majet, they want to meet you at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. When are you available? All right. It adds value to initial introduction, right? It opens up opportunities to network within their network. Because I want to connect to your network so that now you connect me to your network, I'm connected to my network, and then we win-win, right? It removes the immediate pushback by having to get around the gatekeeper. Who said that? Somebody said, said that, right? Yeah, yeah. It removes that gatekeeper. Cole, you, you should have gatekeepers too. Then we get that catch this. This will blow your mind. I don't care how small your business is, it shouldn't look small. People don't need to know how big you are. They don't know how big I am. They know I was a country boy from Franklin. They thought I was big, but I was real small. But catch this. Because when you carry yourself small, you operate small. When you put yourself on a on a, on, a, on a level that I'm going to operate in excellence and my organization is the top in what I do. You may be brand spanky doing, ain't got not one contract, but you got to walk around that, you got a hundred of them. I mean? So, it removes the pushback. Developing and maintaining a strategic relationship where both people see the value add that they bring to one another to carry out a specific task or mission. They have agreed to do life together, almost like a marriage. Life together. My friends and I, we do life together. Right? We do life together. We're not just doing business. We're doing life. We talking about this man talks to me my birthday, you saw me, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We do life together. We we ain't just talking business. We wanna do life. When you do life together, more come out of it. Alright? I think we're done. Um, ooh. Build a strategic relationship. Listen to what the other individual is trying to accomplish with the partnership. Respect their ideas and their thoughts, right, and their perception. Become their trusted advisor and introduce them to your sphere. Be the problem solver, not the problem. You get that? Be the problem solver. The more problems you can solve, the more business you're going to get, right? Be the problem solver and not the problem, right? Never speak negative about them to others that they have introduced you to. This is so critical. You have no idea. Right? When somebody comes to me and talk about somebody, I say, you know what? They talking about me too. Don't get tripped up. All right? You know, he a trip. I'm a trip too to them, probably. So I'm saying to you, 
uh, make the relationship win win. Take action and not only talk. Be intentional, like Blair did with this organization. She took action. She didn't just talk about it. Take action. Relationships are earned and not given. That's it. What I had in me for the day, anyway. <laughs> Outside the fried chicken. <laughs> yes, I take a few questions. This is the time. Oh, this is the free round. This is this is real life. I had somebody ask me if someone else could um, do a video record of their daughter, and he got with me, and I I, I referred a couple people. And come to find out, they I guess they were too expensive for him. Mm-hmm. So what happened, like, I don't know if I really want to, I don't think it was that expensive. So moving forward, how how would you handle that? Like, would you yeah, this person, you, you refer a video person to them, right? You said yeah. take pictures or whatever. Yeah. That's the person that you, you were working with said they were too expensive for them. Yeah. Right? So... As a friend, I don't know if it's a friend or not, what I would do, I would say, what is your budget? Yeah. Before I go out here and embarrass myself. Uh, I can yeah. send you a Bentley when you're looking for a Pinto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it. And people put, y'all, I say we're a Pinto? <laughs> <laughs> the Vega? Yeah, because. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they ain't no, do they? I threw that with a. Yeah. Oh, who A Volkswagen. How about that? The Bug, the Beetle. So, what I always do, qualify your friends before you do something for them, right? Say, hey, what is your budget, right? What are you, what is your budget? What are you looking for, right? So, you'll know what range to, to make that recommendation, right? You got me? Yeah. Good? That's a good thing. Because I'm hesitant to make a connection for that guy, you know, the guy that asked. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to do it in the future. Like, man, I don't know. Well, <laughs> you know what? I think the reason why you're hesitant is because he said... He was too expensive. But when I talked about the truth, mm-hmm. if he says too expensive, that's what his perception is, and that's what we need to deal with. Yeah. But you go back to him and say, look, okay, I may have someone else to maybe be doing a lesser price. What is your budget? Yeah. Yeah. Find that budget out. If he ain't got a budget, then you don't make a recommendation. Right. And yeah. if you do have a budget, then you find out if there's anybody in your sphere of influence that can work within that budget. Right. Okay, right? got it, got it. Anybody else? Hi, thank you. It was an awesome, awesome presentation. A lot of good information. So I am just getting started. I'm, I'm planning to launch next year. And with the business that I'm doing, um, basically, I need a lot of subcontractors and people who already have some of the skills that I don't, like graphic designers and things like that. So just like from an etiquette scenario, I guess what I'm asking you, what's the proper, uh, how to go about building that network and referring to those so what kind of business you do what is your so business? I'm a, a virtual executive assistant so basically executive assistant but remotely right I mm-hmm. right and so a lot of the people like for me I do more general VA but sometimes like the social media management I don't and so some connections I have but some people I'm gonna have to learn and it may be a trial and error is this a good person is this a good fit and so just kind of etiquette wise how do I go about building those relationships and referrals where this is like 
this is how it's done, I guess. So you're looking for people to do work for you? Well, it would to be build more, your website, stuff like that. To be build. more subcontractors, well, people who I'm going to have to build relationships with, and maybe right, right. Now, since I'm starting, I don't really know. Right. Where? I just say exactly. Okay, I got it. Yeah. So basically, what you're doing is that you are you outsourcing. Some of it. Some of you outsourcing. Yeah, some right. Of it. So you get the you got to find that relationship. Uh, within your sphere of influence, if you don't have one, find out somebody in your sphere of influence that do have a relationship to have those different type of uh, resources that can, they can bring to the table. Uh, my business, the consulting business, uh, was basically built around, honestly, outsourcing, right? Mm-hmm. My company, we outsource websites. We do all these contracts and the, the business plans. We didn't do none of the work, mm-hmm. but we had the contract and we had the relationship. So I went and would pull a Ron and say, Ron, they need consultants to know their liberty tax. Ron is the expert. I'm the connect point, mm-hmm. right? We, we have an agreement between my organization and his organization that this is the price point. He gonna, I have to know his price point. Then you put a little bit of margin on top of it so everybody can eat, right? But guess what? Now that's his sphere of influence. That's his expertise. So now you are like that connect person, right? And then as, as your business grow and you become more knowledgeable about how to connect your business to those touch points we talked about, you'll be able to see more people be able to connect to your business. Exactly, because right now I know what I can do, but I, I even have, have I started, people ask me if I could do things that I know. Oh, well, that's... I, I ain't never built a website a day in no, my I life. I want to. I want to be able to be, oh, yeah, I got, I, yeah, we could do that for you. But it's like, okay, so now I have the resource. Somebody's asking me. I know that there's already a couple people in here that I've met this time and last time that I know I may call that person. So from an etiquette standpoint, do you... Do I call them and say, hey, this is what I have and got the... See, this is what you need to do. We're getting an idea. I ain't use the word need real quick. Check this out. Perfect scenario I said earlier. I got a phone call. I don't do 501c3s. I call a person that knew how to do them. I call her. Right? So my expertise is I have the relationship with the... She the provider. Right? The customer is mine. That's my customer. Mm-hmm. So I got to treat my customer and make sure I have the customer's best interest at heart. But I, the customer know I'm going to outsource it. Do you tell them? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, because I'm not going to go in there. They're going to see me in there doing a the 501 c 3 They'll be like, where Eric at? I'm going to sleep. Whatever. I'm on the road. But I'm going to say, I got a person that works alongside me as a partner. I send her in, right? And if it's too complex, she got a person that she sends in. You got me? So basically, you outsourcing, you know, and, and some things I do very well. Some things I don't even know how to do. I don't need to know how to do them. That's my that's doing. Am I right? Right. Okay. I hope this is not off subject, but I did want to ask, when did you decide to leave Xerox and why? Oh, that's a good question. Can I be honest? That's all I can do. I got big-headed. When I say big-headed, um, I was one of Xerox top execs, traveled all over the world. Young guy, making a lot of money, crazy money. Kept getting promoted year over year over year. 
They promoted me to um, Raleigh, North Carolina. I ran the whole region for Xerox there. I had Duke University. We, we, you ever been at Research Triangle Park, Technology Park? We were there. Crazy money, crazy money. President Club, Paris, the whole nine. So me and some guys from Xerox said, oh, we're going to get small. We're the top in the company. So we started our own company in, Charlotte, in Raleigh, software company. Lesson learned. Back then, you may not remember uh, printers was not con- copies were not connected to the network. Y'all remember that? You had to go and walk over. You can exercise real then, won't you? You had to go and walk over and get the copy. Well, don't hit no button and go get it. You're in the printer, but not a copier. So we came up with a technology um, to be able to manage a print network technology because a lot of companies weren't able to track but they started printing costs because there was a printing cost they couldn't track it. There was no trackers. We started a company called PCF Software. And we left three of us. I left, vice vice president left, and the technology guy left. So we were three people, me and them two. Got the technology out of DC, opened up an office in Research Triangle Park. Y'all remember the dot-com area when it was paying people crazy money, them boys making millions of dollars? That was our thought process. That's why we left. The company that we got a product from went bankrupt. We don't left our career jobs. We don't left Xerox. One year later, went bankrupt. We had one product, no product. So I called Xerox and said, look, you told me I can come back anytime I want to. <laughs> Listen to me. True story. Let me let it go. True story. I said, you told me I can come back anytime you want to. They had me drive for Raleigh. And I knew the senior vice president, it was a brother, right? Al Bird. Al called me, Al's Eric, I tried to tell you guys, don't lead a company, y'all are flagship people. I said, Al, I had to do it. I said, but you told me if I want to come back to come. He made me drive in the snow from Raleigh, North Carolina to Charlotte. I thought I was going through hell to get there. Got there, he said, okay, what you want to do? I said, really, I want to get back to Virginia. Because I was traveling all over, right? I was running regions, but I was still living here. I want to get back to Virginia Beach. He said, okay, we're going, to make, we're, going to, we're going to make something happen. So I came back to the company in Virginia Beach and ran all this right here, all the contracts, all the government, all the stuff at Xerox. And then I stopped crashing. My stock went from $130 a share to three. Then it dropped to penny stock. And I remember the day that that happened, it was like doomsday. I mean, all your money that you don't put in. Now, we was getting crazy checks, stock splits and all of that. So at that time, um, Xerox have never bought anybody from the outside of our company to be the CEO. We bought the female in, no, we bought the guy in from IBM to be our CEO, first time in history. 17 months later, our stock crashed. So the corporate jet did all that. Right, and at that point they were downsizing, cutting, ward out the offices. They were just doing crazy stuff. So at that point, I left, stepped out on faith, and I said, "So what I've learned now through all of that is what I'm able I'm able to do this." So that's why I left. Now, at the end of this, two of them stayed, and one of them is the president. I left. Two state, one is the president of the company.
He's dynamic, right? Love him. Phenomenal. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Phenomenal. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street.